We're going to do this two by two, <laughs> like Jesus said. Uh, thank you, first of all, church, for your financial support and your prayer support. We could feel it, and it was awesome. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And thank you, team, too. It's an awesome team to work with, um, devoted to witnessing, devoted to serving, devoted to working for God's children. Um, Alaska is a beautiful state. Um, God does give you beauty for ashes. It's been 10 years since my divorce, and it was awesome to take Britton Bryce and Megan with me and for them to be involved in missions. It was an answer to a prayer that I prayed for 10 years to get my boys in missions and get them addicted to missions, and they loved it. They were absolutely awesome. A little boy named Dominique that had been abused uh, very badly uh, fell in love with Bryce, and every day we went to the park, he would point to Bryce because he was nonverbal because of his abuse and he would say a park swing or one word sentences and Bryce would take him and stay with him the whole time and uh, Britt one day a little boy had, was 10 years old and had never ridden his bicycle at all and um, Britt stuck with him on the, on the uh, asphalt and rode in circles and circles and circles holding him and then he told him I'm going to let you go and then all at once the little boy started pedaling and he threw down his bike and he ran to his mama and hugged her. She was a single mom and he said, Mom, I, I can ride now. I can ride my bike. And that was just so touching to see that because you're sowing into these people. Sometimes we sow, sometimes we reap, but God giveth the increase and grace works is truly involved in giving God's family the grace that they need to see because these people in Alaska need to know about Jesus. They need to know the peace of Jesus too. Anytime you go on a mission trip, you bathe it in prayer. And the first thing that really got me thinking about Alaska was this little pink hand that I got. And mine happened to be Alaska. And I said, oh, it would be so awesome to get to go see Jay because 10 years ago, Jay was our youth minister and he was so awesome with Britt and Bryce and helping them through the divorce time and all too. And so I began to pray and one morning, it was in May, you know, getting close to time now, but I was still praying, God, should I do this, should I do this, you know, just reveal and confirm my Beth Morse prayer. And I said, reveal and confirm, should I do this? And I was doing my devotion and I had the Bible open and the very next thing that the Holy Spirit said to me, I want you investing in people's lives. They're your assets. And that's exactly our Sunday school lesson today. People are our assets. We are to invest in people's lives. So that was confirmation from the Holy Spirit that I was to do this too. Every time I've gone on mission trips to Mexico and to Peru and places, I'm always the one that gets checked. My cell phone got took apart, my luggage got took apart, the dog sniffing dogs had to go through all of my things in Mexico twice in Peru. So I was just on pins and needles and that guy, when we got ready to go through the line, I thought, oh no, he's going to say, step aside, ma'am, let me search your things. And I thought, oh, but this time, everything, I was pre-checked. And the guy, I went up to him and he said, ma'am, that means you're pre-checked. You don't have to have anything done except show your driver's license. I said, wow, never had this happen. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was a God thing too. Um, but we all, the earth is full of the Lord's glory and Alaska is just so full of uh, the beauty of God and those people so much need to see peace. And, and Grace Works is like the, the Google thing, LinkedIn. You know, one group comes and loves on the people and shares and they might sow, they might reap, they might help God with the increase, but then another group comes and helps sow and helps reap and give it the increase too. But it's so important for groups to be there and for somebody to be loving on these people in the parks. Um, because in Acts 1.8 it says God set, tells us to go out into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth, and we're commanded to go out into the streets to go out into the parks and to bless people, and that's exactly what we're doing. Billy Graham's favorite verse is, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that's exactly what we try to show people, that we're all sinners, that we're on the same level at the foot of the cross, too. Uh, Grace Works is doing all three of those things. They're sowing, they're reaping, they're helping God with the increase. They're being linked in constantly. 
um, you fall so in love with those children. We're going to heaven, and we want to take as many people with us as possible. And that's what Grace Works is all about. And Jay is doing an awesome job there with the people. He is helping those that are homeless, those that are have, have no jobs. It was just phenomenal to see what Jay is actually doing with the people in Alaska. Thank you so much. I want to thank my God and my church for letting me be a part of this. It, it was really awe-inspiring, as well as last year, that trip, too. But the blessing for me was to get to know my colleagues that were up there, to get to know them personally. I don't know everybody in this church like I really want to. But the, uh, the part that we were at on Chris's team was a lady's front yard, and it was not as big as this sanctuary. She was willing to give us that spot in this neighborhood to reach out to the kids. And if you can imagine the, the worst poverty-stricken neighborhood in your mind, that's where we were. Most of the people in that neighborhood moved there to get away from something, to start a new life. Their kids... That's all they know, and it may be all they ever know. When we show up, they're, they're hungry to have that fellowship. Uh, the other park is a pretty good-sized park. We had the uh, block party there, and what touched me so much, on the way there, two boys that should be out playing, skateboarding, whatever, were in charge of the little baby, running to outrun a thunderstorm. Jay said that was the second one he had seen since he had been there. But they wanted to be there so bad. They wanted to be there as bad as we needed to be there. to thank all of you again for everything that you've done giving us your support and everything and what I'm going to talk about is what I feel God laid on my heart it, it's not generally about the Alaska mission trip but it's about missions in general so God he asked he said what does a sinner look like to you I've been doing this Bible study on experiencing God and it's by Henry and Richard Blackaby something that I would recommend everybody thinking about going on a mission trip to do, actually anybody in the church to do it, it's that great. While doing this study, a question came to mind. What does a sinner look like? First I thought, well, I guess they look evil. I guess they might be dressed in black. They might be robbing or killing people. But I guess everybody has their own ideas of what a sinner looks like. The answer that I felt that God spoke back to me was, look in the mirror. Amen. There are a lot of people doing great things for the church, but are they doing them because God led them to do it or because they think it's a good idea? If we do works without God telling us to do them, that's sin. A simple example would be the church needing someone to teach a Sunday school class, and if they ask me to do it and I just blindly accept because they need somebody, I have sinned against God because he didn't tell me to do it. And on the flip side, if God is calling us to go and do a mission or a project, and we say, well, we need to save money or we don't, we don't have enough money to do that, we have just told God that we do not trust him to meet all of our needs. We are trusting in ourselves. This is sin. If the body of Christ, if we get divided over money or missions or whatever's going on in our church, how do we think that makes God feel? God is more interested in our relationship with him than he is in us collecting money for him or doing things for him. If our relationship with God is right, all the other things are going to fall in place and work smoothly because we have allowed him to take the lead and not us. The responsibility for getting the job done is God's, not ours. What are the two greatest commands in the Bible? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Our neighbors are not just the ones outside these walls on these mission fields. Look around you this morning. 
the people that you sit beside every Sunday, these are your neighbors too. And if we have any issues or hard feelings with our neighbors, we are to work these out and ask for forgiveness so that God may forgive our sins. It is not us and it's not them. It's not that kind of mentality in our church. We're not a part. We are all part of the body of Christ. And God has placed each one of us here because we are needed in this body. Everyone that comes to Theresa Baptist Church has a purpose for being here. If we can't love one another and forgive one another as the church body, why are we trying to go outside this church and tell others about Jesus? Who is going to believe us if we act like hypocrites? So in all the things we do, what may we humble ourselves, seek God's face in prayer, turn from our wicked ways so that God can heal our church and our land. And when people in our community and the ends of the earth see God's hand working through our church, they will see and know that God is alive and well. May we never boast in ourselves, but always boast in the great and almighty God. And may all the glory and honor be his and his alone forever and ever. Amen. Amen. First, I'd like to thank everybody for the support of sending us to Alaska and the prayers that we received while there and probably on our way back. <laughs> but anyway, um, there was a girl who came to our park um, each day riding a bicycle with a baby taxi, bringing her baby to the park just so that she could fellowship and really get a break from the baby as much. At first, she wouldn't give us the baby. She didn't. Even, she just hung back. But then, as she got to know us, she would be get, be a kid. She was 16, I believe. And so her name was Sarah. And we learned through talking with her that week that she was actually a foster child and lived in a foster home with her baby. And she didn't come every day, but the days that she did come. You could tell she was just relieved to have someone that she could trust with her baby. So that was a blessing to us. And although Jan didn't get checked at the airport, I did. <laughs> okay, I mailed a lot of my stuff back home. And so when they pulled my suitcase, everybody on, in the team was like, she mailed everything home. Why are they pulling her? And I had a large, my Bible in my suitcase. And so I saw them discussing back and forth, the two, the man and the woman at the um, TSA. And finally, the woman was like, let it go, let it go. And the man was like, no, pull it. So then they pull my suitcase, and another guy comes over and says, is this yours? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, um, well, I asked that you don't touch anything or do anything. Well, he couldn't get it unzipped. He tried and he couldn't. So I was like, I'm going to point but not touch. <laughs> so I showed him which zipper it was. And he laughed and he said, well, we just really need to make sure that you know that you don't have a big Bible in here. And I was like, well, I do have a big Bible in there. <laughs> and he goes, oh. So he opens it up and goes, oh, there it is. Closes up and says, have a good day. <laughs> so I don't know what that was about. Maybe he thought it was package of something that shouldn't be but but anyway so my team were all laughing at me because I got pulled after sending everything home um each morning after breakfast um we had Jay Dagenhart and another Jay we called him the other Jay uh Jay Knight and um they would do devotion and it was just really um a blessing to really hear their devotions and it really would touch me each morning that we were able to come together as a team to do our devotions <laughs> before we went out into the parks to um, help witness and minister to the children. And me and Sheila made a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. But at our park was a little bit different than Chris's park. Chris's had, I, I believe, mostly kids, children. Where our park had children and adults. And sometimes adults would hang back, but when we would say, you may have a sandwich too, then they would open up and talk to you. Um, another um, one was a, 
It was like a three-year-old, a four-year-old, a six-year-old, and a 10-year-old. They were at the park together. Their little faces was dirty, and when one of them, the youngest one, started talking, um, they said that their dad was in prison. And when they said that, the 10-year-old reached over and popped him on top of the head. <laughs> and so, you know, you have to, after a little bit, they realized we didn't really care and that their dad was in prison, so they started talking, all of them did. And so I thought that, you know, I don't know how they got there, but the oldest one watching them was 10. And she had all those, the other three, in her fold to tend to each day. But anyway, thank y'all. And it was very enjoyable to witness and, and the children you want to bring home, Cindy does, <laughs> but you know you can't and they would ask you are you coming back next year and you know our answers was well we hope so but someone will be here for you everything touch I don't know if I can do much with all of that <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's 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 hard to imagine I mean a couple of things the, the, the beauty of Alaska is it's just you don't see it in a picture or on movies as, as being there. But then the plight of some of the young people in the middle of all of that beauty, it's, it's, it's hard to imagine. That's about all I got. <laughs> Father God, please forgive me my wickedness, Lord. Please do not allow anything in me to hinder my relationship with you or to hinder my prayers from reaching you, Father. I ask you to speak through me. May everyone see Jesus and not me. I ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. <clears throat> I'd like to thank the church for making it possible for my daughter Sarah and I to serve God in Alaska. I've been back from, as, since I've been back from Alaska, I have been asked numerous times, but well, did you have fun? I can honestly say I was truly blessed in Alaska, but I don't know if fun would be the word I would describe. Alaska is a heartbreaking place. And unless you go there to serve and not as a tourist, you never know the heartbreak that is Alaska. And Alaska abuse is rampant, drug abuse, meth heroin, pills, alcohol, as well as physical and sexual abuse. <clears throat> Jay Dagenhart, of course, our former, former youth pastor, has been there for six years, and he has worked with um, homeless from ages 14 to 24. And in those six years, he has been there. All the folks he has worked with, 100% have either been physically or sexually abused. One hundred percent. That means that if all of us in this church were there and Jay was, was ministering to us, every one of us would have been abused in some way, shape, or form. And Alaska homeless is a way of, homelessness is a way of life for many young people. Last year in Wasilla, the area we served in, there were 644 confirmed homeless from ages 14 to 18. Wasilla is smaller than Roxborough. Now remember, these were confirmed cases. This does not necessarily mean it was all of them because homeless kids tend not to tell you that they're homeless. The kids in Alaska are hungry, not just for food, which they are, but they are starving for love. We saw that over and over again as we served and ministered to them. In Alaska, things are so bad that it takes many, many people coming and pouring love into these kids for them to see and understand that they are loved. They are special. God loves them, and he has a plan and a purpose for their lives, just as he has a plan and a purpose for all of our lives. In the Bible study that Janet mentioned, Experiencing God Revised, Henry and Richard Blackaby also say 
We are to be watching to see where God is at work, and we are to join him there. We are not to make our own plans and ask God to bless them. God is at work all around us. All we have to do is to know him in a personal and a real way so that when we look around, we can see him and see where he is at work. Then we join him. GraceWorks knows that in Alaska, you must go to where the people are. You don't go to Alaska and say, y'all come, we're having a church service. No, you go to where the people are. That means you go to the parks. It is 24-7 daylight in Alaska in the summertime, so the kids stay out at all hours of night, and they stay in the parks a lot. Yes, parents in Alaska do allow their kids to stay out all night. Remember, there's a lot of drug abuse in Alaska, so parents not only make unwise choices for themselves, but they make unwise choices for their children. Some parents even lock their kids out during the day. Many kids in Alaska do not have parents and are living with extended family. In Alaska, when you're 16, your parents can kick you out of the house. There are many parents who live, leave Alaska and leave their kids in Alaska. How do I know God is at work in Alaska? Many kids we had in Bible club this year were sent home last year for one reason or another. GraceWorks does not tolerate bad behavior of any kind. <clears throat> but this year, none of the kids we ministered to with, uh, with us, none of the kids we ministered to were sent home. Since returning home, I have seen on Facebook pictures of our kids who we ministered to with other groups who were called by Alaska to go, Ala- to, go to Alaska. They're sitting They're praying, and they're reading their Bibles. Now, please let me clarify something quickly. Our grace work servant told us where we were at, the five of us where we were at, we could take pictures of the kids who attended our Bible club, and we could post them on Facebook, but normally that's not the case. Some kids in Alaska are hiding from abusive people. So it is not safe for their picture to be posted on social media. Y'all, I have witnessed firsthand seeds being planted and watered by each and every group that goes to Alaska and works with Grace Works. You may say, well, if things are so bad in Alaska, how much good can you do in one week? Well, ask that from a little boy that spent time with us that week. That Friday, he was acting up. He really wasn't acting himself. Um, and Sarah had a chance to sit down and talk with him. He was upset that we were leaving. God and love can go a long way. I pray other teams will feel led to go to Alaska from this church, and they will go every year. I know God wants us there because he has brought to our attention what is taking place in Alaska, and that which we can do. Yes, it could cost a lot to do this trip every year, but if we could accumulate some miles or points, um, the cost could go down in years to come. But even if we cannot accumulate these miles, these flyer miles or points, we must decide today to change how we look at things and how we approach things, especially missions. No In our own strength and our own selves, we cannot do much. But through Christ, we can do all things. Set budgets and set trips that we know we cannot possibly meet to do or to do because we stop doing it on our own strength and we surrender them over to God and allow him control and he will show up and show out in incredible ways. I don't want to do things only I can do. I want to do things only God can do so I can experience God on this earth and he can be glorified. The whole point to anything we do is to show our God is alive. His son Jesus is alive and his spirit is alive. Maybe the point, the part of humbling God, the point, maybe, this is a part of the humbling God calls his people to do 
and 2 Chronicles 7.14, which Janet mentioned. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. I will heal their land. Maybe we need to stop doing in our own strength and power and humble ourselves and say, God, I know you want us to do this or that, but we have no idea how it's going to be accomplished or where the money's going to come from. But we are going to commit to do it and step out on faith in you and your promises. Here we are, Lord, send us, should be our heart's cry at Theresa, whether it's into our own communities, Washington, D.C., Jacksonville, Alaska, or to the ends of the earth. Let us raise up and be people who follow Jesus wherever he goes, not seeing with our own eyes how things will be accomplished, but trusting him with all the details. In Matthew 14, when Jesus walked on water and approached the boat that the disciples were in, he said, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he, Jesus, said, Come. And Peter got out of the water and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. So today, do you want to be the kind of people, the kind of disciples of Jesus Christ who stays huddled down inside a boat? Or do you want to be the kind that walks on water? All it takes is faith, trust, and courage. I don't know about you, but I want to walk on water. I'd like to thank y'all for the opportunity to go again. As everybody said, Alaska is such a beautiful place. And earlier, one of the things that struck me and that I am so grateful for is that I go to a church that really loves and supports the children in our church. Watching the pictures of the kids at Camp Dixon, doing vacation Bible school, Sunday school. We have so many opportunities here. And we care so much for our children. Then to go to a place like Alaska, and we may have places like that in Person County. I've just not been exposed to it. But to go to Alaska and talk to these kids there, a lot of people think of them as disposable units. I mean, they don't, they don't love on their children like we do here. And it's just very painful to know that somebody thinks that less of another human being. We were at Wonderland again this year. That's where we were at last year. And last year, we had more craft activities and stuff. This time, it wasn't so much craft activities as it was sports activities. And it really thrilled, thrilled me to see Britt and Bryce and Megan and Chris and several of the others playing with the kids and keeping them active and doing uh, things. And as uh, Jan mentioned earlier, we had one little boy, his name was Dominic. And he was the sweetest thing. And he would occupy Bryce. He would take him. He said, Let's, he said you play. But to talk to his grandmother and hear the story that he has been through, and to know that somebody could do this to a child and now she has him and she's trying to help get his life straight and get him back. And it's just amazing when you make contact with these people that all they're doing, they're looking for love, they just want acceptance and they just want to know that somebody cares about them. Um, I just want to thank everybody. Thank you for your support. Thank you for letting us go. 
and I hope that if we're called to do another mission trip, whether it be Alaska or somewhere else, that we're just, that we honor God and go. Again, we want to thank you guys for your support, your prayers, while we were gone. This was an awesome team. This is an awesome team. These guys really showed up and really worked hard. And to go out to these parks every day and to look at these kids, I have teenagers of my own, and I couldn't imagine telling my 15-year-old, bye, have a good life, and leave Alaska and just leave him there. I mean, and that happens so often there. Um, you think a peanut butter and jelly sandwich is not that much to us, but these kids look forward to that peanut butter and jelly sandwich and that glass of water every day. Um, so thank you guys for allowing us to go. Thank y'all for allowing us to go. Alaska was a really great opportunity, and to see kids younger than me allowed to go out and stay out all night, it was hard because... We're not allowed. We are expected to be home at a certain time because our parents care about us. But theirs don't, and it really hurts. But thank y'all for everything, and I hope I can go back. I'm bad and clean up, and hopefully I won't take too long. <laughs> um, Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrates his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Um, and that's the scripture that, um, it's my favorite scripture. And I use it on every mission trip that I go on because that's what we go for. We're going to demonstrate God's love. Um Seeing these pictures, remembering uh, some of the kids that we worked with at the little park that we was at, which was actually a front yard of somebody's house um, that allowed us to be there. Um, remembering Ricky Bobby, um, and there actually is a Ricky Bobby in this world, and he doesn't run around saying, I want to go fast, I want to go fast. Um, but he's been coming for several years now to the park, um, and last year, the our director, Jay, said he got sent home every day um, because he fought with some other kid every day he came. He would get in a fight, um, and a lot of times it was physical um, because he probably, that's what he sees at home, abuse, and, and you know, it's what he deals with. That's what he lives in. Um, to where this year he never got sent home. And all he wants is love. He comes to you every day with his arms open, wanting you to hug him and just love him. Um, give him something that our kids take advantage of, or I took advantage of when I was coming up, that I just thought that it was something normal that we all got. Um, this team was great. Uh, this is my second year going. Um, last year, uh, I was just going to go as a team member, and um, at about a few months before we went, I uh, got laid in mine and my wife's lap that we was going to be the team leaders. And I was like, I've never led a team before like this, you know, this far away. Yeah, I've led teams to, um, you know, little projects locally and within the state or, or on this side. But I've never led a team on a plane and took care of all that stuff. Uh, so I was scared to death. Um, but God led me through it. Um, to where this year was it was a breeze, um, and I enjoyed this team, I enjoyed last year's team, but I really got close to this team this year. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Um, we did a lot of cutting up. Um, I thought Sarah was going to give the video of us doing the David and Goliath at the park, but I guess it didn't work out. But yeah, we did little skits and just act silly on a skit to just get a kid to laugh and have a good time at. Um, you know, mission trips for the longest time always meant 
that I was going somewhere to do some type of construction work or trying to help somebody that had damage to their home or they were going through a disaster. And I went for years and years um, on mission trips that way, and I still go on those. Um, but a few years back, we went to Canada. We took 50 members on a mission trip to Canada, and it was an evangelistic mission trip. And it's the first one I've been on. Um, and that's what this was. We didn't do a lot of construction stuff. We did mostly just loving on people and showing the love of Christ. Um, so, as Andy said, the scenes there, you'll never get them in a movie. You'll never see them on a TV show. Um, they're unreal. The mountain ranges, the uh, animals, the different things that you get to see that is just unreal. But to see what some of these kids are going through, to see what some of these families are going through is unreal. Um, as Charlie mentioned, a kid that's got him and his brother and his, his little uh, cousin as a baby. And his parent has given him this baby to take care of, and he says he's 16. But I don't think he's 16. Uh, if he is, he's the smallest 16-year-old I've seen. He looks more like 12 or 13. And I know people all, you know, ages don't always show. But I think he's been told to say he was 16, so he wouldn't get that child taken from him through social services or anything like that. Because he shouldn't have that child all day. To run through a thunderstorm to a park, <laughs> we was under a shelter, but to run through a, through a thunderstorm to get to a park so he could get a hot dog or could have some fun, be able to be a kid. Um, you know, that's, that's the thing. A lot of these kids are having to make adult decisions or having to live as adults. They don't get to be kids. So I want to thank y'all for, again, and I know everyone has said that, but we are very gracious that we are able to go on these trips. And without y'all support, um, through fundraisers, through um, giving to the church, we wouldn't be able to go. Um, and that's what, that's what our calling is, is to go. It's not just come on Sunday morning and listen to the word. It's to go. So, thank y'all.